Welcome to Hit Chat Chit Chat. Today, I do not have a special guest, but a special co-host and someone that we're going to be seeing a lot uh, more frequently. We have JP Fashone. JP, how you doing, dog? Good, good. Dude, excited for this. Excited to get it going. Dude. Uh, weekly hitting talk. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. We've been chatting about doing this since uh, the podcast that you came on, man. The one that yeah, had the the first, the first time we did it, <laughs> the horrible audio one. Yeah. Um, cool. Now we are missing uh, for this to be a group discussion. Uh, we're missing some uh, people in the group, uh, but you know that's what happens when you're working in this kind of uh, kind of field. Your schedules are all over, man. It's absolutely crazy. No nine to five here. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, always uh, something comes up. But I kind of wanted today just go over a little bit of an intro, um, kind of a little bit about me, a little bit about JP. Um, for the people at home, you guys can see Strider. Strider's right here, uh, just Jay chilling. We always got a Strider cam going. Um, and then whenever guys can join up and shit like that, uh, they'll kind of run through there. Uh, little intros and stuff like that. But uh, JP, if you don't mind, kind of run a little bit about yourself, sir. Uh, we'll go from there. Okay. Um, uh, my name is JP Fisson, and uh, we are uh, currently working at uh, Driveline Baseball uh, as a hitting trainer. Um, I was previously at Lamar Community College and uh, coached at the University of Dallas before that. Um, played at the University of Dallas for three years um, and then a year at Whittier College. Um, really been focused on on hitting the last couple of years, but uh, coach outfielders, infielders, catchers, a little bit of everything. Fuck yeah, dude. How's, uh, how's the driveline grind been? Good. good. Um, starting to fill up again with the, the pro guys coming in, so um, you know things are starting to get busy, but I'm really looking forward to working with some some pretty high caliber athletes, which is uh, you know exciting. A little, little change of pace, and of course the the college guys kind of trickling in for the winter off season is is a lot of fun to see them again and catch up on how the fall went. Fuck yeah! Right now we got some people in the chat saying that they hate the Astros. Don't blame them. I understand. I understand. Um, and yeah, uh, Strider can definitely get an intro. This is Strider. Uh, he is a four-year-old German Shepherd that uh, kind of just lives uh, lives and breathes at the facility. He's a cage dweller, uh, born in the cage, raised in the cage, going to always be in the cage. Uh, and so got him right here, 24-7 on lock. How you doing, babies? Yeah. All righty. Hell yeah. Uh, and then for everyone uh, at home, uh, for anyone that doesn't know who I am, <laughs> uh, I am the owner of RBI Baseball. I'm the host of all these podcasts. Uh, this is the second podcast that RBI Baseball does. Um, played, uh, graduated at Garden City Community College. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, graduated from Brighton High School in 2015. Went to Northern Colorado for a quick cup of coffee. Uh, transferred to Garden City Community College. Uh, graduated from there in 2017, went on to Northeastern State University uh, in Oklahoma, a little Division II in the MIAA out there. Uh, finished up there in 2018, moved back to Colorado, joined up with Bardo's Diamond Sports. If anyone's familiar with there, I know JP is. Uh, was working at 
Bardos. I uh, started coaching at USA Prime, uh, organization based out of Dallas. Uh, started coaching them. And then <laughs> there are people going off on each other in the chat. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> they're just roasting each other. Um, appreciate you, Luke. Thank you, my guy. Uh, so graduated, uh, got done with Bardos, went on to uh, Chaos Clubhouse in Littleton, um, came uh, over to Fast Baseball Performance in Denver, and then uh, also was at Hit Dingers in Arvada. Now I'm working on kind of just my own solo, partnered up with an organization called Natural Baseball Association based out of Kansas. Uh, that's now expanding out to Colorado. Uh, we just made that announcement a little bit ago, a couple days. And uh, yeah, so really excited to get this going. Like I said, we got a couple other people that are normally supposed to be on here uh, that are not on here today. So once we get to them, uh, we'll let them uh, kind of go through uh, and do their explanation or their little intros. Uh, but for right now, for today, while we do have the baseball game on right now, and I'm going to pull this up as JP as you're chatting so we can have like a little, uh, uh, you know, live watch of it but if you wouldn't mind kind of talking about uh just some drills or just some tools just anything you kind of did this past week that you kind of stuck out to you that you noticed uh question that a player uh, of yours had or just anything that uh you got for the guys yeah um i mean man so many so much stuff comes up throughout the week um <laughs> i think the the big thing i've been uh I kind of find myself going through trends um, where I'll, I'll kind of get an idea in my head and, and start kind of seeing it everywhere. Um, and one of the kind of the ideas um, I've been thinking about a lot is just like, you know, pretty typical, like nothing groundbreaking, but like holding it, like how do you hold space and like uh, between like yourself, uh, your hips and, and kind of the plate and all the stuff we've, we talked about this week with a lot of my athletes is, like we we got to be able to hold that space through our load uh, and then maintaining posture is just really all about just holding that space uh, through the swing phase and um, i think a lot of the issues that uh, are cropping up especially with with athletes that are uh, more athletic um, you know typically higher performing athletes a lot of the times they can get away with uh, getting rid of that space removing that space out of their through like early hip extension, poor load phase, um, kind of rotating their front side a little bit too quickly, um, and they can get away with it. Uh, and kind of as they move up in levels, whether it's um, you know from high school to college or, or college to pro ball, that um, kind of gets exposed a little bit as the as the pitching gets better. So, um, kind of building that space uh, and getting that concept through their head of just like you know. We can we can swing fast, but uh, I gotta swing fast and still hold that space. Um, we we got a guy right now who's got a got a wrist injury, um, and he you know he's very typically very flat, very rotational, um, and uses that uh, uses his hands to manipulate the barrel really late uh, into contact, and uh, he kind of comes out of his posture a little bit. And uh, with that wrist injury, he hasn't been able to. Uh, manipulate the barrel as much and so I struggle a little bit and talking with him about just like hey, like it's more important than ever now because you've lost that uh, that ability to compensate that uh, you have to hold your posture you have to maintain the space there um, that you create in your load phase um, as you start to swing otherwise your, your contact quality is going to go down pretty significantly so 
um, I think every athlete tends to compensate at some point um, for whatever. It doesn't matter whether you're, you're in the bigs or playing youth ball. It's uh, everybody has compensations. Uh, I think some guys are just better at compensating than others. Um, so when something like that happens, whether it's an injury or, or something like that, they, they kind of, their compensations get kind of exposed a little bit. Um, and so it's good for them to go through that and um, work with it. But yeah, the, the idea of like holding, uh, creating and maintaining space uh, has been a big one this week. Sorry, just getting the. I, I could hear you the whole time. Absolutely loved it. I know the people back home loved it too. Finally got the game uh, thrown up. They're replaying Freddie's deal. Uh, I like that idea in that topic that you brought up. Um, that a lot of the time you're not going to see that uh, players need to make an adjustment until they're kind of forced. Uh, so the fact that this player, you said he did a really good job of ma- manipulating the barrel. Uh, when he didn't have a wrist injury. And so for that, for him to be able just to go through no issues or whatever it is, and then for all of a sudden a wrist injury to happen, or let's say uh, a JV player gets called up to varsity in high school, um, let's say any type of increase of difficulty, pitch pressure, um, environmental pressure at all, you're going to see a player that needs to uh, fight or flight. And when they've been doing their process, uh, that (laughs) is not a a continuous good process. Like you mentioned, manipulating the barrel. And I I do want to kind of come back around to that. Did did you get that from uh, Jordan Stauffer? Uh, No, I didn't. (laughs) I I, I want to send you this this link. Uh, He posted a video maybe a year and a half ago maybe two years ago uh talking about the difference of barrel manipulation versus barrel control uh and the difference Mm -hmm. that kind of it's also i mean verbiage obviously verbiage is going to play like a major role uh into like what are you calling manipulation and control and whatever but he had a he had a really good uh video uh comparison video i'll send that over to you um until players are like forced to be put into that position, like you said, the really good competitive players are going to be able to be successful until they're not. Uh, and unless they're given um, alternatives or understandings of why they're not doing well, like I'm sure if you went, uh, that player was like, Hey, what am I doing wrong? And you're like, honestly, no clue. Like that, that, that kid is going to lose his mind, bro. Um, and I mean, rightfully so, but for the fact that, I mean, it's like, Hey, like, you know, I'm assuming you've probably told him about the wrist manipulation, but it hasn't been something that has been a concern until now. And so now it's like, Hey, probably remember when I told you, I'm assuming you guys probably told him in his assessment, probably like, Hey, uh, now it's coming to fruition. When I said we probably might need to work on this, like we are now, uh, you're not able to just get by with that. So what have you guys been doing to, uh, get him comfortable with this wrist injury, uh, and still be, uh, comfortable and going through it? I think the, you know, the, the reason he's kind of training through it right now, um, is, you know, partly just cause, his, his insurance only works at, at home and you know can't go home right away type of thing so um he's kind of working through it but uh he's also got like a a pro day uh coming up at his school so um he wants to obviously compete in that and you know he's healthy enough at least to do that he just got to kind of figure out how do i still how do i still compete um with that limitation 
so for for a while it was just a lot of like one-handed swings um which which really exposes kind of loss of posture and and not not holding space and things like that so uh, it was a lot of one-handed swings short machine work um you know hitting smash balls which are like light flight balls that we have um things like that and a lot of it's just kind of like hey like we're gonna we're gonna put you in the in the situation and uh, you're gonna take these swings and like we're just gonna have to figure it out um because you you we've the injury has taken away the compensation that you're used to using so um you're gonna have to come up with a new way to do it uh and and sometimes it's you know he he peels really bad and like just loses posture and throws everything off and hits these you know hooked balls that are 100 miles an hour which is sick but probably foul if we're not hitting on hit tracks um so then it's kind of like hey like that like yeah you hit that well but yeah probably not where we want it so let's let's think about just like trying to hit it in the other other gap let's let's try and hit a backside drop ball um and start there and then let's try and elevate it to the, the gap and then you know sure enough it's like oh i caught that one a little out in front and you know you hit it pull side gap and uh you know for, for a distance PR or something. And so that's going that's been kind of the, the process with him. Uh, really smart guy. I've been training here for a long time. Um, honestly teaches me a lot more than I probably teach him, but, uh, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that you can, you can definitely put him, just put him in the environment and let him go to work. And he, uh, he comes up with really good questions. He comes up with really good movement solutions. Um, so for him, it's pretty easy to train. Um, he's, he's pretty self-sufficient. That's nice. That makes it easy. That makes it well. Yeah. That makes it easier, I guess. Um, yeah. For me, something that I've kind of seen uh, this past week, I've added kind of a new drill a little bit uh, that I've been working with. Kind of put an emphasis a little bit on uh, shoulder plan and rotation. I've been trying to get how to show my guys. Uh, early uh rotation uh and a big number that i really use in blast motion for myself uh is rotational acceleration uh, i'm not sure how much you guys kind of put into your stuff but for me that's honestly i like it more than i like bat speed i like it more than i like hand speed but anything speed or acceleration power wise i like rotational acceleration personally uh, and so trying to get guys to be able to feel and understand what that means, uh, I kind of put into a little bit of a focus this past week. And so we added a new drill um, where I have guys go through their lower half goes uh, completely all the way through. So we have hips are all the way turned the backsides, you know, I don't know what verbiage everyone uses. I like uh, back foot comes up. We already had the hip turn foot reset like plants, but we're keeping the shoulders closed. Um, and then I'm having guys grab a PVC, go out super wide, try and maintain that hip hinge, that body posture, that space that we've initially first started talking about. And we start with a high pitch, the one with the least amount of hip hinge, body bend, side tilt, whatever the fuck you want to call it, right? So uh, I have them go through and they do three of these in a row where they're going to go through and it's actually just a slow motion where they're turning and their goal is to be able to take their hand, swipe the ball off of the tee. I have a tee set up for a high pitch uh, and then they rotate as far as they can. They come back slowly they put it back on the tee we come back you do that three times forward and back for a high pitch reset and we go through do the same thing for a middle pitch and we go through same thing for a low pitch um, and i've had a lot of guys kind of tell me that 
that feel or that idea of seeing because I mean there's a lot of people that I'm sure that you've heard has said you know the the long swing you can't have a long swing or whatever so you have so many kids that are just like scared or whatever right now they're just going little knob pushes uh, to the ball and so the idea and then being able to see what it actually means to rotate and get acceleration early behind uh, for a lot of my guys they said that they liked that a lot yeah that's really good um yeah, that 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 like under rotation is a huge like one of the biggest as we see is just dudes just wanting to just like push the hands through stay inside the ball um and i always say like uh i had a guy this week that did an assessment kind of had it he was a little bit better at it but had a similar problem and i was like dude that's a sweet move to have like in in the bank in the toolbox like you get blown up with a fastball and it's like well i gotta go like i have to go now i'm not gonna get there so um, that's awesome. Like two strikes, being able to throw the hands, it's sick, but, uh, that can't be our best swing. Um, that's, that can't be our, our A swing. We're on time. We're ready to go. And that's, what's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, that's a really good idea of like just matching that shoulder plane up, um, to that drill. Um, I like that. That that's going to segue just for the viewers at home and for the people that are fighting in Twitch right now. Uh, on the chat by the way i absolutely love it appreciate the fuck out of you guys um me and jp might talk for hours so anyone watching just fucking buckle up get some popcorn right now is going to be probably your best bathroom break while i go grab some tools Did I show you my rope bat last time? Yeah, you did. So I think after we got on the call or off the call, yeah. Oh, was it? Beauty. Um, this also has been another good one for a lot of my guys to get that feel. Because if you don't have that early rotation and you do try and shoot that knob, you're going to lose it. And so a lot of my guys, and it's honestly <laughs> so self-like immediate like feedback because <laughs> you hit yourself <laughs> with the barrel yeah right away <laughs> uh and uh yeah so that's been a, a, a fun one that i've kind of liked um and then also did you ever use any of the uh oh, oh, oh hit jackets the little slide on extra bat weights i've got them over in my corner uh but like they're literally like maybe that so. big. They kind of sit in like the middle of the bat. Yep, and they slide on, yeah, slide yeah, off. Yeah. Don't work with yeah. Marini two pieces because Marini, I don't know what the fuck you're doing with the little tiny ass handle, and then you j- jump out. Bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man. Um, I had literally had a kid in today, bro. So a little freshman, right? A little freshman that I've been working with. This is lesson maybe six uh we've just been really working on he has been has a 78 bat speed okay yeah (laughs) but that was his uh that was his uh uh barrel manipulation that he get that allowed him to get away with everything and so late like yep and so uh very handsy everything is out in front everything is out here and so it's been tough um, kind of getting him to trust because, you know, 
with my setup, I have blast motion right here. And every single swing, he looks up and he doesn't see, you know, 78 in his head. He's like, what, what's going on? Like, what? Why do I not want to be at 78? And I'm like, well, you're getting to 78 because it's not not good stuff. Let's get to 78 with like good st- exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so finally today, dude, we had him using the 16 ounce uh, bat weight, and I was doing it. Uh, I call it run the weight, where mm-hmm. they take uh, like the nine ounce. Hit, 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 hit until you go down twice. The moment that your number drops twice, uh, we move up to the another weight. Um, he started with a bat speed of 50. So that was like our base, like, hey, you know, keep climbing. Got our first negative, I think at like 57, 58, somewhere around there. And then was able to climb all the way up to 72. Funny. After that, I'm sure, go ahead. No, I'm sure he he was like, "Oh, that's I don't feel like I'm swinging that hard." Like, yeah, it's, yeah. So <laughs> literally, right before we, so we went nine ounce, twelve ounce, and we were gonna go sixteen. Literally, right before we go sixteen, um, he had two that were just not good. And I looked at him and I was like, "What's going on, dude? Like, what's up?" And keep in mind. Freshman, I feel like the moment that they're able to self-reflect and actually like give themselves the feedback that they need, I feel like that is a huge step in their life. I really do. And for the first time, this kid looks at me and goes, I got lazy. I'll fix it. We haven't had that kind of accountability from him yet. And the next one is when we got the 50 to 72. And it was like his eyes opened up and kind of like, what? And I was like, did you think you had that in you? Because uh, we got the one right before that. He had, uh, when we were doing the blue weight, when he, I, I asked him like, hey, like what's going on? He said he was lazy. He got up to 46 miles an hour with the blue weight. And I was like, mm-hmm. uh, and he goes, ah, oh, I don't think I'll be able to beat this next one or something like that. And I was like what and then we talked about it dude and the the light bulb of it going off it was fucking incredible and he's a guy that like i said we've been trying to get the turn versus the shoot the hands and today it was kind of that first day it was pretty fucking cool to be a part of yeah those are the best moments when it's just like a a when they it kind of clicks more to them like like you said like they can kind of give themselves feedback um, and B, like when they're like, oh, I did not think I was capable of doing that. Like, yeah, well, you're not that smart. So, <laughs> good uh, thing we're not always reliant on you thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a good thing I don't base what we do on what you think you're capable of. <laughs> Bro, that's my absolute favorite is when like uh, kids are going through. And uh, they're just like, oh, like, I never thought of that. Or I, I haven't tried that or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I figured, because you're, you're here seeing me. Yeah, and you're you, here. <laughs> you've never done <laughs> right. it. And you didn't thought about it before. So I assumed, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My favorite is when, uh, so another kid that I had. And uh, just like working backwards uh, of just actually asking questions without having a predetermined answer. Any instructors out there, 
start asking your players questions without any predetermined answer in your own head. And <laughs> the stuff that you're going to get is going to be remarkable. Um, like I literally had one kid. So we do these things called feel goods where their literal, literal only job is to try and swing the bat hard. If they hit it well or they feel like they hit it well with the process, they bat flip. That, those are the only two rules. I had this kid going, I was like, Hey, like that was a pretty good hit. And he was like, yeah. I was like, so what was wrong with that? Oh, well I lost balance a little bit. I was like, okay. All right. Well, you know, do you remember what feel goods are supposed to be? And they're like, yeah, anything that feels good. I was like, okay. All right. So same page, same page. Next one hits one really well and didn't have the Rapsodo on hand up my bad, but it was one of those, like, they think it's a pot fly, but it actually is like struck pretty well. Uh, yeah. Ball that yeah. makes it back. Line drive. Exactly. And, yeah. uh, doesn't pimp it. And I was just like, Hey, what's going on with that one? And they're like, Oh, um, that was, that was too high. And I was like, Oh, so we're adding more criteria again, huh? And he just kind of like looked at me. I was like, what are the, what are the only rules? What are the only rules? <laughs> he's like, uh, if it feels good. I was like, okay. All right. Okay. And then I had, I have the launch angle. Uh, I have a 15, uh, launch angle and a 35 in my cage. Won't woven in with rope. And he hit one literally at the 35 line at the 35 line. Like I, I liked it. I like, I like it a lot. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I looked at him and I was like, feel good? And he's just like, uh, and I could just see the gears in his head of like being scared to like be successful. And he goes, yeah. well, it, it hit the like line. And I was like, I'm going to murder you. What <laughs> <laughs> are the only two rules? <laughs> Bro, it's mind boggling. It's not even like we're going like three weeks in between each of those questions. It's literally like three pitches. And then the one like, uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. But is there anything, uh, that you kind of got going on something that you want to bring up from this past week with this being the first one, uh, we got five people that have tuned in so far to us for everyone watching back home. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, if you guys are enjoying, I'm not sure why they're, you know, I, I'm assuming they're here, you know, to watch us, but they also might be here just for the comments that I'm telling you, dude, you're going to need to go back and check the comment section. I, I'm going to, yeah. It's an absolute all out wars. I've got a couple of my players in it that are just absolutely getting after it. And I love every second oh, of it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, I mean, I think, I think the point you brought up about like, Hey, like, like you got to start with questions. Um, it's kind of like, I kind of like to think of like our job as hitting coaches more like uh, like physicians, doctors, and um, like diagnosing problems and understanding like hey, like the the goal isn't to like do whatever I think is necessary. The goal is to like make the patient as healthy as possible, um, in whatever form that looks like. So uh, I think the part you know asking those questions is huge because it's like okay, where are you at? Like what what is your understanding of of hitting? What's your understanding of what a good hit looks like, what's, what's your understanding of what a bad hit looks like. Um, if we're working on something, like I'm going to ask you a lot of questions of like, you might miss hit a ball and I go, Hey, like what happened there? Like what, why did that ball do what it did? 
you know, especially with those guys that, that pull, it's like, you know, they hit a slice ball to the right side. I'm like, okay, why, why do you think that happened? Um, you know, what's, what's going on there? And, uh, sometimes they either a don't, don't know, or B they'll give me a really good answer and go like, Oh, the bats like moving across this way. Um, or things like that. And then, you know, we might get one where they miss hit it another time and I go, okay, well, like what happened there? Uh, and they'll tell me, it's like, okay, was that a good miss or a bad miss? Like, did you overcorrect? Um, and kind of get get too long and wrap it, uh, and that's why the ball kind of hooked foul, or um, you know, is that not something we want? And it's those kind of things where they can start feeling out. Okay, this is this is my understanding of what uh, I'm trying to do, um, and this is this is kind of where I need to correct. And um, how they can really use the ball flight as kind of their feedback as well, um, and kind of get to that point of like, oh, like I can train myself now a little bit better than they could. Um, and also the other thing is like everybody's brain's going to work differently. And so like whatever terminology they come up with and spit back at you is, is awesome. Uh, I, it's like, I never get too attached to terms and stuff. We obviously like to use like some, some standard stuff like side bend and attacking and those kind of things. But um, when they talk about a feel or something um, like I'll have guys talk about where like, oh, I feel like my back hip is like sliding forward. Or like pushing forward and like i know like i've watched the video i've looked at the data like i know that's not happening but if that's how they if that's how they feel it like the next time they they're struggling to get that rotation it's like okay hey like throw that back hip like get that hip going forward like we gotta push into that front side more like that's fine it doesn't bother me at all um and so it's things like that that the the more questions you ask i think the better you can get in the athlete's head of what their understanding is uh, and use that kind of to your advantage and their advantage um, when you're, when you're training. Um, so yeah, I think I kind of got off topic. didn't really answer the question. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other things that we're working on this past week, um, see a lot of online training stuff, but uh, the big thing is, uh, you know, throwing uh, position player, throwing starting to ramp back up again. Now that we got more athletes in gym and, um, a lot of those conversations revolve around workload uh, and just workload management. And I think workload management gets uh, uh, gets complicated um, when it doesn't really need to. Um, you know, I was working with an athlete um, on Saturday, and uh, she was supposed to throw a hybrid A, so a pretty high intent, like 90% effort A. Um, and she isn't sleeping well all week. Um, you know, hasn't recovered well and uh, went to practice with her college that day and, uh, you know, practiced for like three hours, took a bunch of swings, fielded ground balls and everything like that. Comes in, like, yeah, it's supposed to be a hybrid A, but like my effort level's down. It's like probably closer to like a hybrid B, like 60, 70%. I'm like, good, like, good. It should be. Like, you're not recovered. Like, you're not ready to throw a hybrid A. Like, it's okay. That's fine. Like, just listen to your body and go for it. Um, like I, I think the position player throwing stuff comes up a lot um, now that we got more athletes in gym. That's awesome. Um, for players to be able to kind of self-recognize, self-diagnose, I honestly think that's the biggest thing. Uh, and I, I think it ties into that self-awareness of just like, oh, you know, like, I probably shouldn't go 80% when I, you know, need to do 60 because, you know, if you overdo that today, 
then your recovery is even more off schedule for tomorrow and even more off schedule. And now everything after that is going to be brutal, which kind of brings into, I saw this a long time ago and it actually might've been from the driveline OG podcast back in the day, or it might've been from the, uh, Patrick Jones podcast. I can't remember which one fucking so many damn podcasts out there. You know what I mean? But, um, they had a leaderboard for sleep and recovery. Oh, I like that. They had a whoop Apple, uh, Fitbit. What you doing, fellas? Give him the, oh, you're going to show the little, little turn. Show them the good side. Oh yeah. Well done. Well done. Um, and they had a leaderboard for it, man. And I loved it. Like I, I posted a tweet not too long ago. Like if I could have a leaderboard for recovery and sleep, uh, lifting and then also like hitting or what I mean, obviously we know what I'm thinking of, but if I could have like those kind of three leaderboards, they're separate, but they're not. All right. Exactly. I, I th- exactly. I think the, the things that people would see the correlation, like just alone, my leaderboard I have right here, I attach no numerical value to launch angle, but What's weird is all the people that have between like a, a 13 and a 20 average launch angle are all in the higher because they have better distance. Uh, generally, exit velocity doesn't directly tie into it, but if you do have a good exit velocity, if your launch angle is not at a point where you can you know use that exit velocity, you're just going to be beating worms into the dirt the whole freaking time. And, and it's one of those where it's related, but it's not. And I would really yeah. like to put those up and just see like, oh, he's at the top or he or she at the top for lifting. Oh, he or she at the top for recovery. Oh, he or she at yeah. the top for, oh, hmm. But it's also just like, like you said, it all ties together. It's just like, like a lot of the things our, our physical therapist Terry has been posting about recently and talking about, it's just like, it doesn't matter how well you train or like what you do. Like, it, you can you can do the perfect program. You can lift the perfect lifts. You could be going all out. But if you're eating like shit and sleeping three hours a night, like you're gonna suck. Like you're just gonna be a bad athlete. <laughs> Nobody cares. Um, it's the same thing when guys come in. It's like, oh, my bat speed's down, or like, oh, my exit velocity's down. I'm like, okay, well, like, what's what's the week been like? What you, you know? What have you been eating? What have you been? Oh, you know, I went out with my girlfriend and like I had a really, you know, big midterm test and haven't slept well and like got to eat before I trained today. I'm like, okay, well, there's your answer. Like, <laughs> there's nothing to do with your swing. Like, you're just not tired. You're fatigued. Like, okay, that's what we got today. We got a fatigue. Like, maybe take a couple, like, take a couple rounds off. Like, don't, you know, take tomorrow off. Like, you don't have to have to keep pushing yourself to the point that you're just working at fatigue all the time it's just not useful it doesn't make sense yeah it's just like you're just wasting your time at that point um let's see here give me your if you had to right now let's say you only had You only have $300. You have to come up with your like dreams or not dream, but like setup of a hitting 
like training development. This is like you're uh, with your, uh, let's say, I don't know. I'm trying to think in driveline term, but let's say it was me. Uh, Let's say I'm with my team, right? And we go out to Texas and we want to kind of do a little development day or something. I only got 300 bucks in my pocket and we flew Southwest. So we lost all of our fucking luggage. Like what am I, I, what are we getting? What are we buying for the weekend? Like what are we putting major value Uh, into? It's a good question. Um, $300. Uh, in season, I'm probably buying, probably buying hitting plows. Um, Minis are regulars. <laughs> that's a good goal. Well, minis are on sale right now, so <laughs> we saved some money there. <laughs> You're welcome for the um, plug. Driveline, hire me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so definitely getting some hitting plows. Um, probably getting like, yeah, honestly, probably spending the rest of the money on blast sensors. Um, because like I think blast sensors are just so underutilized. Um, a, I think it's a little intimidating for like new coaches to walk in and you get all these numbers, but uh, it's it's so it's relatively cheap than buying like a like a biomechanics setup like KVest or 40 or whatever, um, and get a lot of like the biomechanical data that you could get with that um, at a way cheaper price. Um, and so like probably blast sensors and plyos and we're just, we're just ripping plyos all day. <laughs> we're well, just, we're just going, we're just going to flush the hell out of baseballs and see what happens. Get the fuck out of here. Cause that's kind of, um, I think I might, I've thought about this. I've actually had to like yeah. <laughs> deal with these actual situations. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm sure you've actually had to do this at some point. <laughs> Uh, but I'll tell you what I'm doing. Um, getting a blast motion sensor. We're going for the 150 price. We're going for the okay. free monthly subscription, though. So we're not signing okay. up for the year. So I, I'm down. Out. I'm. I only have 150 bucks left. But what I'm going to do is instead of getting multiple to be able to differ between each of my players, I'm going to change. Uh, you get 10 total bats per sensor so i'm going to do 10 of them fuck the po's and i'm sorry we're, we're going with our top eight and then the other two are gonna like figure figure it out um from there we're getting some plyos definitely getting some plyos uh going to get a broomstick we're gonna try and find some rocks we're going dominico yep. with it uh like and, and then uh give me a tea and some wiffle balls uh and then we'll Ooh. get some pvc sticks uh, so okay. we'll, we'll get some PVCs for some, some, uh, warm up. No baseballs going the same route as you. Um, we're going, we're doubling up on plyos. We got blast motion. Uh, and yeah, I mean, if I'm in, uh, if I'm in Texas for a weekend and don't have any of my stuff, cause Southwest lost my, uh, lost my shit. That's how I'm rocking it with 300 in the pocket. Yeah. And that's the great, like, no, there, you can get all the all the different gadgets and stuff you want, but like you really don't need much. Like you said, like a broomstick and some rocks, you can get a lot of work in. You can get a lot of work in. You can get after it for sure, for sure. Well, shit, man. You got any wacky question like that for me? Um, I mean, tell me, tell me about. It. I know you you had the partnership announcement a little bit. Tell me a little bit about that and 
uh, kind of kind of what happens from here. Yeah, it's man. So uh, I was doing just independent um, instruction. I uh, got hired on by the uh, a different team um, that was just a solo team, not a part of any organization, uh, and just was kind of going about it. And uh, yeah. they've been hiring me for their instruction. They hired me to help out with their tryout. They flew their head guy out who kind of owns everything out in Kansas. Uh, they've got, I think it's 20-something teams out there, 300 and some players. In, or no, I think it's like 200-something players in the organization. Uh, but they've sent, since 07, 300-plus kids off to college, uh, stuff like that. So they fly out for the tryout. And uh, kind of uh, watch. I wasn't really planning on uh, hopping into the mix, uh, but one of the other coaches actually was getting emergency hernia surgery the next morning. <laughs> yeah. And uh, goes, uh, do you think you could throw BP? Like, I can't if, if you need me to. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh, you don't need to. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> what are you talking no. about? <laughs> and uh, he was like, uh, do you also mind hitting fungo? I was like, I don't have my fungo, but if someone lets me use one, like 100%, dude. <laughs> what are we? Why is this even a discussion right now? <laughs> so it saw me how I operated out of the tryout, uh, the little tree out. Yeah. The little tree out. And, uh, you know, offered me a. Uh, Offered me the ability to run all of their hitting infield, and then I was able to wiggle in uh, base running uh, instruction for the entire organization. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's sick. So I'm pretty That's excited, awesome. man. Yeah. I uh, don't really want to coach a team anymore, but I you know, obviously want to stay uh, working with players and what I'm doing and stuff like that. And uh, that's been something I've been wanting to do, kind of started dabbling in it not too long ago. Uh, the instruction uh, being hired on to other organizations and uh, kind of panned out. So uh, here we are. Yeah, I mean, that's a sweet, that's a sweet gig. So you're kind of like a uh, player development coordinator. Yeah, man. So I, big time. That's, that's, a, it, that's a LinkedIn way to say it. That's a resume <laughs> way to say it. Yeah, I was, I was a player development coordinator for a large scale uh, team organization, and uh, yeah, did a lot of work with with a significant amount of athletes. <laughs> have you have you seen the LinkedIn ways to say that you're like drinking on an empty stomach and all of that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are awesome, bro. Awesome. <laughs> so true. It's just like, like it's the same stuff you see like on Twitter all the time. Like some, you know, it would be random coaches and they're talking about like the most basic stuff and making it seem like it is just so complicated. I'm like, dude, good for you, good for you, man. Because that's, I just say, it takes some creativity to come up with some of those those phrases. Uh, let's see here. Awesome, man. So you're doing infield hitting and base running. Yeah. Okay, okay. Give me give me some base running things. All right. Like like three to five like must haves. Like you're you're laying down. You're you're running player development. Right? You're running the base running development. What are what are your key foundational points of just quality base running? I think mostly for me, just kind of teaching uh teaching them the awareness aspect uh, of everything, which kind of sounds obvious, but um, in the four years that I've coached, 
Uh, I was one of the only ones I had noticed. I would not let my players retreat back to the bag if they were on base once the catcher had caught the ball until the pitcher uh, secured it. So just like a little thing like that, we actually, I can recall five different times that we ended up scoring, not even going from first to second or second to third, scoring just on the simple fact of the catcher catches it, my guy holds their secondary, catcher flicks it back to the pitcher, pitcher does one of the little snags, hits off the bump, and we immediately are able to score. Uh, and so yeah. I feel like there's so many like little runs that can be uh, uh, gained and earned just by paying attention and knowing like when is the ball actually dead? When is the ball actually like still alive? Just little things like that that a lot of people kind of put outside of their mind, uh, I think needs to be valued in the uh, base running aspect. Yeah. What, what age group? So these guys are going to be from 12U all the way through uh, like 18U. 18U. Okay. Right now, yeah, yeah. right now they've got one 12U team. Um, they have a 16U uh, looking to build out either a another 16U that would be competitive or another 15U, uh, and then next year they're looking to uh, try and double that. Hopefully, in the next like four years, we can try and have like one age uh, or one team at each age group from 12 to 18 is the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, those the, it's all those little things, especially at like that level. Um, one of the things that we're working on the last couple of weeks is a like practice design blog, um, and kind of talking about like, hey, like you should probably think about these things when you're doing practices and stuff like that. Um, one of the things I put, <laughs> I've got kicked around putting in there is um, like talking about like especially at younger levels like uh, the like no bunting like steal at this percentage like that kind of thing. Like, yeah, it makes sense when you're using big league data, <laughs> but <laughs> little Tommy at 13U like he is not a big leaguer. Like <laughs> they don't play catch as well as somebody is getting paid millions of dollars to do it. Like so the the success failure rate is far less binary those little things of just like hang out uh, you get your secondary hang out for a second somebody's gonna fuck up and throw the ball away and like i pro- it's gonna happen now in the big leagues probably not probably not gonna happen and the catcher's got a rocket arm behind the plate and he's probably gonna back pick you so maybe don't do it there but like <laughs> you're not gonna face that so like take advantage of it when you can yeah, bunt, hit and run, like steal some bags, do all those little things. You have to, man, because I feel like yeah. the one of the big things that I've noticed in another plug to driveline, <coughs> hire me, uh, with your guys' <laughs> uh, coaches certification in the youth development course, you guys, are, you guys really harp and kind of talk about uh, transferable, transferable skills, I believe is what it's called, transferable data. Uh, so like the launch angle stuff, the averages, things like that, where it's like, Hey, like, yes, maybe Timmy hit a pop fly when he's freaking seven U. Uh, but in three years when Timmy is, you know, a little bit bigger, that pop fly that the kid barely got to is now going to be over the fence or something like that. Like those transferable skills, that is where I feel a lot of coaches the like low hanging fruit for them is well the the hit just hit a ground ball because the other team can't field it 
and that's how we're going to win. Where I feel like the the that's not where you need to be doing. It. Where you need to be doing it is like what you mentioned at 13U is learning to bunt, learning to steal. Like that's where you need to get in those like times where it's like, hey, the other team isn't very good. Let's learn how to bunt right now. But versus like saying, hey, the other team isn't very good right now. Let's hit a ground ball because we're going to get on because they can't field it. Like the, those are two right. different Let's- things. Yeah, let's add skills um, and not necessarily diminish some other things for sure. And the the the, the biggest I'm not gonna say the biggest lesson, but like that was one of the big things I learned at Lamar. Like when I got there, uh, like one of the culture things that Buck talked about was just like we get hit by pitches. We do not move. We're if you throw it at us, we're gonna take our base. Um, and it, it was awesome. Like it was three Oh dude gets plunked and just doesn't move. And the dugout goes nuts and like stuff like that, even at the college level, like something as small as that, like led the, led the conference in hit by pitches. Like that leads to runs and it doesn't require anything. It's just adding another skill. And like, so whether it's, you know, 12 U or, or college ball, like there's always those little things that you can add in, um, to, to get advantages without necessarily taking away from some of the long-term development. You have to, you have to. Um, And that's something that I feel a lot of people or maybe not people, but it's the low hanging fruit is pretty uh, it's difficult to add skill. It's, it's not difficult. And also when you don't have to necessarily always worry about the player in two years, like, you know, the eight U coach doesn't care if, you know, Jimmy is struggling hitting a curveball because his entire life he's been taught to get on top of it <laughs> in a few right. years. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, like the season's over, I'm trying to recruit new kids for my, you know, select ball teams. It's like, I'm not going to go market that like, Hey, like this kid, you know, yeah, we, he, he won three games with our 12 U team, but now he's really good. Like that's just not marketable. It's marketable to go like, yeah, our 12 U team won the national championship for the last three years like, great but like none of the, those kids suck now like they're terrible <laughs> years later like it works like it's marketable like parents eat that stuff up little timmy's gonna win a trophy it's sick dude i saw i had and the, i think this would be an amazing story to kind of cap cap the night on unless i mean like i said i'm willing to i'm willing to keep rocking and rolling but <laughs> go forever yeah. <laughs> um this was my first time coaching, literally straight out of college, working at Bardo's. And at the time, my job at Bardo's was literally cutting grass, pulling weeds, sweeping, oh, yeah. and cleaning the shitters. That's literally my oh, yeah, job. Oh, I was, I'm fucking killing it, dog. <laughs> killing it. Um, two months later, I was the, uh, 3d hitting coordinator, but you know, we'll, we'll let that be, we'll, we'll let that be. <laughs> yeah. um, but at the time, right, you know, I'm, I'm literally cleaning shit out of the toilet and they come up to me and they're like, Hey, we've got this 12 U team. They haven't won a game all year. Uh, and this is July, July. Haven't won a game. They're like, yeah, we got this. <laughs> we got this 12U team. They haven't won a game yet. Haven't won a game all year. The coaches quit. And we just need two people to literally be a heartbeat in the box for the next like 
three tournaments. And I was like, yeah. Do you know Sean Rooney? Yeah. So me and Sean fucking were coaching this team, right? Get out of it. Me and Sean coaching this team. And we actually have a chance to win a game. This is our third tournament I think we're in. Haven't won a game yet. We had two that were like one-run games. We're in like our third tournament of the year. And we were playing – what happened? One of their kids – they only had like nine or something. One of their kids got ejected. I don't know what he did. But they had an out slot and the uh, up to bat at some point. So I'm sitting there. uh, We're playing defense, and I'm doing the math. I'm trying to figure out what this situation was because I'm gonna get I'm gonna get heat in the comments. I already know that. Whatever the situation was. um, Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! They were home team. It was time limit was coming up, but. We were uh, fudge sickles. We were up by one with two outs, and they had uh, it was like we were up by one. They had two outs. They had two batters up before they got to that out slot. So I'm sitting there, and I'm like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna walk these next. Uh, we're gonna walk these next two kids." Welcome. <laughs> We're gonna walk these walk two kids. Take the dub home. <laughs> no, you ready for this? I did it before the time limit hit, so it forced another inning. Oh, no. So, but I did it on purpose because I wanted my guys to hit. I wanted them to yeah. be able to get like a full inning to try and yeah. come back. Right. So I was trying to get more at bats for everybody. Yeah. So I intentionally walked these two kids. The other team's coach and parents were eating me alive, bro. (laughs) Fucking to the point. The umpire had to stop the game and give a bit entire warning to their entire team. And I finally explained it to their coach at the end of the game. We ended up still losing on, and I will explain to you how we ended up losing. Uh, we ended up losing still, but dude, I had their entire parents coaching just roasting me because Ooh, you're trying to take yeah. you're trying to take the game away from the boy. You're yeah. trying to, you're trying to yeah. I was like, I'm actually getting him more reps, uh, Karen. So if you don't mind uh, piping it down. <laughs> so this is how we ended up losing this game. Are you ready? We are winning by one run. With the bases loaded and extra innings. One, two count. Kid fouls the ball off. It hits off my kid's mitt. Hits him in the mask. Pops up. And he caught it barehanded. Holy shit. Umpire calls foul ball. Oh, no. So I walked outside. Oh, or no. I walked out and I was like, what do you mean foul ball? And he's like, well, you can't use your hand to catch it. I go, what do you mean? And he goes, well, it was a foul ball, so you have to use your glove. And I just stared at him. And I said, can you pull this rule up? And I would have had to have paid $100 to challenge the rule. 
than not have a hundred dollars. I was literally cleaning toilets. (laughs) (laughs) So I literally had to look at this man in the face, accept it to turn around, walk back into the uh, dugout to have the kid that we ended up walking. Oh my gosh. That's another thing of the story. So we were supposed to have this kid on our team. He ended up deciding to not play for us and he was a sub for the other team. And he is the one that we ended up walking to get to the last guy out. And he's the one that hit Mm -hmm. the walk off. And so he was like big chest to me and everything like that. And I was just like looking around like, does anyone even like understand what just happened? I run to the tournament director, try and like talk to him and be like, have you ever heard of this rule? Dude, homie, booked it, bro. Saw me coming from the sure from the field. We were the like the last game of the day. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I don't get paid enough to deal with that. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, I was about to fight for the our first win. I was going to literally fight, and we ended up getting our first win. Like. The, like one more tournament or something. I don't know how I didn't know. But we did get, we got one win. One. <laughs> hey, let's go. Put it on the belt. Let's go. Oh, shit, man. Let's but go. I appreciate you coming on today, dude. I'm I'm of really course. looking forward to these Sundays. You got anything else for the people yeah, back home? Yeah, nice. Oh, appreciate you. Appreciate Chad tuning in. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep grinding these out. And, um, yeah, we got like, you know, it's baseball. We got a lot to talk about. So, yeah, excited for these weekly chats. Let's go, baby. I'm freaking pumped, dude. I'm freaking pumped. Well, it's everyone back home. Appreciate you. Strider appreciates you. Thank you guys for tuning in.